Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It is May 12th, 2017. You are listening to Waypoint Radio. We are coming to you live from Lobby One. Woo! No Rob Zachney today. No. Rob is out in Sweden at Paradox ParadoxCon. We've been robbed. We've been we've been robbed of our Rob. Joining us though, Danielle Riendo on on Pun Game as always. Yeah. And Patrick Klepik. Ready for murder. No, wait. No, that's mm. a different stream. Mm. My blood is still boiling. <laughs> just, my, I'm still a little hyped up. Sounds painful. Uh, yeah, it is. It is painful. <laughs> we just finished a longer stream than we intended to of uh, uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Which, the worst. At some Man. point I'll get over it. <laughs> but that name is terrible. I, a lot of people call it PUBG or PUBG. That's worse. Just I, I call it Battlegrounds. Like, Battlegrounds. I kind of like Plunk Bat. Plunk bat's good. <laughs> Plunk and then unk. Plunk bat. bat. Plunk it bat. also has like a nice plunk bat. Like a, yeah, you know? that's like the sound of, of like hurting someone in player exactly. in the battleground. Plunk bat. Plunk bat. Yeah. You're done. <laughs> well, piece of your brain that, just that got That is slushed. what we did to some people in that game. We did. Apparently. Uh, the archive for that should maybe go up today. We're trying to hustle and get that archive turned around real quick. Um, if it doesn't go up today, it'll be up by Saturday probably. And the first two episodes are available now if you nice. go to our, our to waypointvice.com or to youtube.com slash waypointvice. You will find a video of Patrick and I learning how to survive as father and son. <laughs> Oh, good. Your father and son? Yeah, Patrick's my beautiful baby boy. Crowbar uh, crowbar and sickle. Just trying to survive out there in the waste. (laughs) That's us, exactly. (laughs) Shout out to people who've already done really good fan art for all that stuff. (laughs) Patrick, you just started playing this game. What what do you think of Battlegrounds? Well, it's it's interesting. This game seems to have an inflection point for a genre that has been extremely popular on uh, Twitch and YouTube, yeah. um, uh, you know H1Z1, King of the well, no H1Z1, King of the Hill, King of the one Kill of, is one of the, King of the Kill is one of these t- games. Um, uh, and there's a couple others. There's a horror one that I can't remember off the top of my head. But but this genre of like trapped in an arena and then just yeah. try and survive, like like shocking, like that it's really popular on on streams um, because it like it plays into the best parts. Of, of live streaming and what you can get out of that. But, um, you know, we've con- we often talked about, like, sort of the disconnect between, like, games that are popular on YouTube and Twitch and the games that are being sort of, like, discussed in uh, sort of, like, places like Waypoint and Polygon right. and the IGNs of the world. And those games just never really penetrated. Yep. Um, but for, there's something about this game which um although i'm unfamiliar with playing the other ones the you know I, I, my brief time with uh with battlegrounds my gut feeling is that it's because it's so simple and to the yeah. point and it it's um the mechanics of the game are if you've played a shooter you understand what's going on it's just 100 people dropped into a map pick up stuff go shoot that stuff and then storytelling <laughs> emerges from those 
base mechanics, which is true of a lot of these different games. And I may even be wrong. Maybe these other games are just as simple, and it's just, for some reason, this one clicked in a way that you can never quite explain why certain games uh, do well and other games are go completely ignored. Sometimes it's yeah. ephemeral, right place, right time. Um, but there's something about this game at this moment that feels like there are people like my people like me and my friends are playing this and they ignored or didn't were weren't interested or didn't try any of those other games before. And there was a bunch of those other games and obviously a lot of this also grows out of Arma and DayZ and all sorts of other survivally games and mods that what I think we've seen is like an arc towards accessibility um, of a certain sort, not not accessible, not capital A accessibility, right, not right, right. not good options for colorblind mode and, right. and stuff like that. But like, but uh, no crafting. Okay, at no point are you crafting bandages no. after collecting question. things, yeah. right? Um, very quick and easy um, inventory stuff where it if it says attach, you click the attach button and it attaches. Obviously, there's like it's a it's a PC game. There's lots of keyboard controls and stuff, so like you're going to be clicking all over the place. Uh, and then it's just like I think it's it's pretty good at communicating its big ideas very quickly. Um, and it's, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like we we're going to be hammering our heads on this thing all year until we like. Everybody has their take on why this was the one that crossed over. Can I ask, would this be as fun if you weren't playing with specific friends? Or would this still it's be a, a fun experience? It's a different game alone. Let me tell you. I'm okay. looking forward to see Patrick play next week by himself <laughs> while I'm out of town because sure. it's a very tense – it's like a horror game alone. Like, oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to open that door. I have no one to talk to. Like I'm going to op- – or like you see an open door and then you also see through that open door that there is a gun on the ground. And you're like – all right, that door is open, which means that, that someone's been through here before. Because at the top of the game, all of the doors are closed. So okay, someone opened that door. Now, there are a lot of possible opportunities or possible situations here. Maybe that gun is on the ground because the person already came through here and they didn't need that gun. They already had good weapons. They left it on the ground. Like, just go in. Or Best maybe case, yeah. right, or right, exactly. <laughs> or they're just around the corner with a shotgun, yep. waiting to get the drop on me. Well, that's that's what happened in our you know our the, the last stream, the last game we played in, in today's stream. We decided to. You know, we're for the first couple of games. Austin, you've played a number of hours of this. Mm-hmm. This was my, you know, this week is my first time jumping into this, um, and so we're ultra conservative because we kind of like just getting a lay of the land, the mechanics, and how you know, oh, attaching weapons, dropping items, like just kind of wrapping our heads around that, and then. Because we wanted to play a game faster, we decided to start getting more aggressive. And yeah, we had the sequence where we rolled up to this sort of like abandoned army base. Some shots right. got fired off. We hid in one of the kind of like uh, storage units, and then we split up. And I found a guy around the corner, but I hesitated for just long enough for him to realize I was there. Oh, he pops me in the head. You come yeah. around and had the wrong gun equipped. I had the wrong gun. I should have had a shotgun instead oh, of an no. M16. Like, I just should have had a shotgun. I didn't know he was that close. And then he was right there, and I got popped. But and- it's 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 – there is something um, – the matches, even matches in which you last all the way to the end, you know, they, they're they over pretty quickly. That's also yeah. what I find appealing about this. Again, I, I can't talk, speak about it in the construct of how these other games work, but I'm just – if I speak specifically about this and my experience with it, the the fact that – because like they, when I hear stories about DayZ, it's like, oh, I was playing for six hours and then I had this moment. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's never going to happen to me. Um, <laughs> I like reading about these stories. One six-hour day maybe that you have to de- dedicate to something and – and maybe also, nothing happens in that six right, hours, right? Exactly. Because, maybe with the bad six hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, whereas this, like, you're almost guaranteed for something interesting to happen, whether it's you you witness something off in the distance or you you hear a gunfire or explosions and you sort of imagine what might be happening over there. You catch a glimpse of people. But the matches are over so quick. And, and crucially, what this game does, which is unique to, to Battlegrounds, is the enclosure mechanic, where yeah. every couple of minutes the map is getting smaller and smaller. And so players are forced... It, storytelling is is forced onto the game because players are forced to get closer to one another, and you can feel that tension in the air. Like, mm-hmm. even, obviously, there's a big blue barrier, you know, bearing down on you. So it's like physically and literally represented the world. But like, you can just sense it that like things are getting more tense as the number ticks down and as the the, the wall encloses. It just creates. No matter what you do, no matter how conservative you are, you are ultimately going to be pushed into the mix. And it's just, it's it's a really smart game and it doesn't even look that good like it's a pretty crappy looking game like it's fine it's serviceable yeah it's the thing that's interesting for me too about it is I think it it has so I've thought about the other games in the genre a lot now and this game doesn't on first blush doesn't look much more distinct than those I mean it looks incredibly generic from the outside and it has a terrible name so it's just like like, what's going on in this game but it's gen- it's kind of generic aesthetic is actually sets it up does set it apart a little bit from this other sort of generic aesthetic right. that's in H1Z1 King of the Kill that's in the calling that's in some of these other ones where it's like neon pink hair and like you can right. have clown makeup right. and do victory dances and like that stuff I'm not if that's your thing go for it but there is something about the stark like vague pseudo Eastern European aesthetic here that's also in DayZ that's also in Armor because that's, these games are made in, in in Eastern Europe that I think contributes to a certain a certain thereness or certain placeness of it and I don't want to fall into the trap and be like it's dangerous in Eastern Europe like this makes me feel like dangerous <laughs> Eastern Europe shit right, right. it's not what I'm trying to, to get at but it does it, it, it feels like a place like there's it's a, of a place. it's of a place there's a, a zone in this game or an area in this game that I found with a friend last night we just parachuted and we're like oh how about here there's these two land masses and some water in between maybe you land on the northern land mass I'll land on the southern land mass and we'll meet at the where the the kind of the inlet basically and then we landed and realized it wasn't in fact water between the two things the entire zone was flooded like that whole it was basically a flooded city um and it, you know, it's not a gorgeous game or anything, but the feeling of those buildings sticking up out of the water and like you kind of like wading through the through the water and you can't lay down because it's water is like oh wow like this feels like a certain like something happened here and this has a different vibe than the other places in the in the game like today Patrick we went from everything from like getting shot in wheat fields to getting shot in cities murder um, city please murder cities please. well I guess we were, yeah, we were exactly. in murder city. And then maybe Murder Village. I don't know. We went to two different murder cities. We tried to establish the capital murder city and then no one wanted to hang out with us there. So we had to go find another different murder city. city. Uh, It's it's a a really cool game and and I think we could talk about it a long time. I think we could like – grasp for something but it, we're still I need to put another tw- like 20 hours into the game before I have a thesis around it other than the thing that I'm, I think I'm going to try to write this next week about scopes I think scopes in this game are oh you're having an you're having like an existential crisis over these scopes I am having an existential <laughs> crisis like okay so I've also been playing Prey and, and yeah. we can talk about Prey in a second for short a thing about Prey is you are very vulnerable because things to hurt things you have to get close to them uh, early on, that's because they're mimics and they're hiding, and you have to like get up to them for them to react, and then you can see them, and or you can overhear them. You can hear them kind of bouncing around or whatever. But even at the, at the very end of that game, even with weapons upgraded all the way, 
like you're not sniping. You never get a gun with a scope on it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and that gives you a certain feeling of deep vulnerability. Having a scope in player unknown battlegrounds communicates a general sense of vulnerability that I've never felt before in a game, and also has made me terrified of real life. <laughs> um, like there was a bit where I I sniped a person like on a motorcycle going across a bridge. 200 yards away or something with a gun with an eight times scope and like you're like oh eight times scope like okay you can see eight times further than normal and eight is a small number in in our daily lives it's things that cost eight dollars are like okay eight bucks like okay, it's not ten bucks it's less than ten bucks eight miles right right exactly not 20 you didn't right, run, right it you wasn't know? a marathon it wasn't a marathon exactly right. like uh like that's the sort of thing how many people are coming over to like eight like okay well i'll make sure i have like snack. i can yeah. fit that 20 whoa no yeah, that's you know the problem an eight times scope in player unknown battlegrounds, like fit metaphysically, changes the environment because suddenly you can touch spaces you could not traditionally touch, um, and and there's a greater distance between your knowledge of the situation and and like it grows your understanding and awareness and, and where you can affect literally. It's like getting a magic power that lets you touch a, a faraway place, and that other person has no idea that you're going to do it, and it's just wild and terrifying because you know that in this game someone else could be looking at you. When everything in this just, game is so ugh. close quarters and. And so, right. like, sco- like scopes are a very uh, you're unlikely to find them. Like in mm-hmm. in the you know the the these six or so matches we've played, uh, I think maybe you found one like a two x like you know like the, the a two x yes lowest end. But it was a fifteen x apparently. It. Yeah, and I, I didn't. And find I can't it. imagine it. Yeah, that's and I can't. I didn't find any. And so it's it because the game is such a by and large your encounters are are. You know, close quarters with people. Um, it, it's violent. It's fast. Yeah. Um, it's it's it, often you end up performing poorly just because you spend so much time not encountering people that you're not yeah. prepared in the way that like the pacing of a normal like a like a prey right is like you're always prepared and understanding of how you're going to approach a situation with a gun or your different uh, options available to you because the game is constantly retraining you by constantly challenging you whereas in in battlegrounds like you actually when you go 20 minutes without having to shoot anything and then all of a sudden in a fraction of a second you're asked to perform like it, you almost can't uh Perform. You, you can't do what you normally would do because you haven't been doing it at all um, uh, prior to that moment. And so, like when you get something like a scope, it, it, it magnifies, like literally magnifies. But like it, yeah. it, it allow, it creates a closeness that's that's different because it's a closeness where the other person isn't aware that you are close by, and it feels right. very different than a scope that you're using in another game where even even in other multiplayer games. But like, there's something about this game because it's so violent and quick. And I guess maybe voyeuristic in a way that doesn't. Yes. Like it's in other games that are like explicitly deathmatch, and like this still is deathmatch. So I'm, again, like I'm struggling to articulate or find the vocabulary to explain how it feels different. But it feels voyeuristic in a way that other games that have scopes um, don't. And maybe that's because you know they don't, right? Like right. you you can almost be assured if you have a scope and someone else that someone else doesn't, and so you have this ability to spy on the world and to to. Take to kill people in a way that they they may be completely helpless to do anything about. So, except that there is this other thing where sometimes you get into that other situation uh, where it's towards the middle or the end of the game, and you're up against people who totally do have scopes <laughs> and who are across a field from you in a shack or next to a shack or in a different building. Where now this level of engagement is like zoomed out all the way, but 
also still very close because if someone opens the door to the house you're hiding in, then you have to deal with that problem too. Yeah. It's really interesting. I was going to ask, it sounds like there's almost a realism to the violence in this game that is not necessarily present. Uh, again, I've only it's seen quick. it. It's quick. Okay. It's quick and it does which is, the thing. Which is realistic in a way. Yeah. And it, it, it you know, so I, I want to shout out the, um, the Division had that mode last year sure. yeah. that was, uh, that came in a DLC that it was like really snowy and it was like their take on, on this sort of game where you had to go and re- retrieve these vials and bring them to a, a, a place. Uh, it was like sort of like a better version of the Dark Zone. I, I think it was called The Division Survive. DLC. And it, that was the game that made me realize that that hit a – there's a certain like middle ground between the DayZ style, six-hour, ten-hour, five-day play session where you're slowly getting a bunch of stuff and then one day you die and you lose it all. And this other idea of like you know deathmatch games are like, oh, I died. It doesn't matter. I'll be right back in another game in a second. I, I died again, whatever. Just respawn. There's this middle ground game where – Loss hurts because it takes 30 minutes to play through a game. You've lost 20 to 40 minutes of progress or whatever. But 20 to 40 minutes is still manageable. It's another big small numbers thing. It's not an hour. You didn't lose an hour, right? right? And and the whole game is only ever going to be 40 minutes. So you never really feel like you've been set back that much. So it's just enough to really sting when you get hurt because you're like, oh, I don't want this whole game to be over. I don't want to have to start over from the beginning. I have this good gun I like. Yeah. And it it that feels really good. Um, and yeah, it doesn't uh, – I don't say it doesn't glorify, glorify violence. Like I, I it's a no, game. No, it does. I'm running around I, saying totally murder does. and right. like, it totally like, I'm gonna, does. You know, like it absolutely um, glorifies violence. But, but it doesn't. It never makes you feel like you're the one who's in control of violence. Right. Like violence it's, is a it's, thing it's, that happens. It's incidental. Yeah. Yes. Your violence is going to happen whether you're part of it or not in this world. But, but also, like you know, for as many video games as I've played, and a lot of them involve shooting people. Like you know. It still feels personal and uncomfortable in yeah. a way that is effective for the the like the you know whatever world building is happening, which is like the the, the world building that's happening in this game is very personal. The game is very you know loose elements that you're using to tell your own narrative and, yeah. and to have narratives play out. But even the violence that occurs, um, it feels well, we very. It's it, 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 like while we joke about it in the stream, like in the moment, it still feels very. Uh, Intense in a way that uh, I, I imagine is heightened if one you're not streaming and yeah. two uh, you're playing solo. Uh, yes. I imagine it's got to be, like I'm I'm excited to do both to like both both play it without you know sort of like knowing there's an audience there because that does change how you end up playing and be maybe a little more cavalier when you're playing solo by yourself where it's just you and the headphones and the sound around you. And I imagine that takes on like a much more terrifying. Uh, sort of feel it's wild especially when it's raining and the lightning is hitting and like oh, the thunder yeah. is going off in the distance you can't quite separate what's rain and thunder from movement um and then the other thing is like i think even with streaming even with two people there was a moment today when we slammed a jeep into a, <laughs> into a motorcycle with a sidecar and our jeep flipped it turned on its side and patrick came tumbling out and i hopped out and it was two on two in the space of like the size of this lobby right oh, the size God. of this, yeah. this this recording studio and and that was so intense. Like that eight seconds was like you and I both very instinctively split off. No, each no took one not person. instinctively. That was a that was sh- a sheer accident that we both <laughs> happened to get up and just target. Like w- w- the way it worked was like we're well trained. <laughs> I mean, like there's a scenario where we both went after the one guy and maybe we right. killed him, but then we both got shot by the second dude, and yeah. we just got lucky where. Um, I happen to go after the other one, but like that's what's like that's what's so fun about like we didn't win, 
But like this, that match was a win in a sense because like that yes. moment was so incredible. And if you watch the clip that's you know going around, Danica pulled it from from Twitch, and I'm sure it's been retweeted. And it's on our Waypoint account. But like you have all this build up to like that one moment, mm-hmm. and. It's hilarious to watch in isolation, but to experience all the the ratcheting up to that moment makes it all yeah. the more satisfying. Where that whole round was worth it because getting to winning is not necessarily the point. Like winning is just a reason to be in. It's a reason for people to die and for stories to occur. Like getting to number one, I'm sure you know would be fun, and that's the point of these streams is to yes, we'll try, get there. Is to get to to to, to finish out a match that way, but. It's like those stories along the way are actually what is meaningful about the game. Totally. And then there's this, this moment afterwards where it's just like we're out in the open and there's bodies on the ground. <laughs> we and don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. Again, I've, I've, I've brought this up before, but it feels like that scene in the second season of True Detective uh, <laughs> where it's just like, oh, boy, there was a gunfight. Uh, oh, oh. And you have to move because like we were just in the road then. And the road is wide open. There could you don't be want to be in the road. No, you don't want to be in the road. Get in the car. We're getting out of here, son. Anyway, also we're role playing. We're in which <laughs> magic is. Yes, yeah, so that's why you said okay. son. Yeah, that's why yeah, I said son. I understand. Uh, shout outs, by the way, to in the ch- in the chat. Banton Sam, when we first started talking with this, said, "I am playing player on those battlegrounds right now, and I'm hiding in a bathroom. I am scared, Patrick. And I feel like <laughs> don't listen to podcasts while playing that game. This is that's how you get got. You gotta stay focused. That's how you die." Oh, speaking wow. of dying, speaking of games in which I die yes. a lot, I played, I beat Prey. Yes. Sarah, how are you, how you doing with Prey? I'm like 22-ish hours in. I'm taking my sweet time because this this is like goatee for me. Okay, wow, early, but but I wait, mean, more than Zelda. It Odyssey has not come might, out yet. For so real. Please, yeah, Super uh, Odyssey, God, I know. Breath of the Wild. I, so that's the thing, Breath of the Wild, put 110 hours in. Yeah. I still love it. Okay. But okay, but here's, is, here's my thing with Prey. I'm ready to hear your, your case. Eat, pray, love. I mm. have never been catered to in a AAA game this hard before oh. in my life. Mm-hmm. And it, that is a very weird and a very new feeling. Um, so, okay. Immersive Sims are probably the only, like, real AAA genre that I, like, am in love with. Like, I'll play a shooter, I'll enjoy it. I'll play whatever. It, it's not like AAA platformers really get made anymore because that was kind of my deal, yes. you yes. know, kind of forever. Uh, so now, like, a lot of my favorite games that kind of cater to me are, like, indie games. You know, like, oh, this little platformer or, oh, this, like, really cool story-based game. You know, that's the sort of thing I dig so much. But, like, when a good immersive sim comes out, when, like, a new Deus Ex comes out or... <laughs> Not not as much Deus Ex, but more the Dishonored kind of the 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 System Shock lineage, I guess, is more yeah. my my thing, you know that sort of thing. So when Dishonored two came out last year, I was like, oh shit, this is amazing. And then of course here's Prey, and Prey is not only an immersive sim, <coughs> and I think a really good one, uh, but it also is in space. It's basically taking a lot of like alien stuff, a lot of alien tropes, like Mm -hmm. grim corporate dystopia. I'm already on board 100%. There are four space lesbians in this game. Count them. (laughs) Four space lesbians in this game. And this game has the very first. uh, One of them might be bi. Yeah, of course. Okay. I'll say space queer women. Queer women, women. right. Queer ladies. Because you can choose your character's gender at the top of the game, which which transforms one of those relationships. It does. At least one. So. You are playing as if you yes. play as a woman. I was playing as a woman too. I was playing no. as a woman. You're playing as the second, I think, ever uh, woman queer woman protagonist in a triple A game, and probably the first ever queer woman of color protagonist in a triple A game. True. Which is 
fucking amazing. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, it's a big deal. Look at our lesbian game. It's like, no, this is just an incidental <laughs> part. Yeah, no, that's one of the achievements. Queer. It says, hey, look at our lesbian game. <laughs> look at our lesbian game in space. Like, it's it's just very, like, it's just a subtle element in the game. And that's awesome and wonderful. And I love it. I think that's a really cool thing. Uh, and it also happens to be, like, a really fun you know i've already said like it's a fun immersive sim but i i get so into the whole like the hacking and the different ways you can kind of make things fight for you and and all that kind of stuff uh so it's it's like never in my life have i been this catered to like mass effect 2 is like maybe the closest to this and i'm not even like oh third person shooter it's fine right rpgs it's fine but they're not like holy shit the gameplay and the story and the sort of incidental story content which is what i Love maybe yeah. the most. I think stuff here is pretty strong, especially. So I read a piece on Monday that was like, "Where are all the good characters?" Like the thing that yeah. to me sets the best of, or well, one of the most defining characteristics of this lineage yeah. of games that the have descended lineage. from the shock lineage, <laughs> rather than the thief. Well, I guess there's a bit uh, of that there's too. The overlap. Yeah. I think Thief has a lot of this, the, yeah, this stuff does. too. Yeah. It's like big caricatures of of For like sure. people yeah. who believe in something or who have like a goal. Uh, and I was like, ah, oh, they're isn't that much here. There aren't even very many incidental characters in the first 20 hours of that game of Prey. Um, then you get to the last third. Then you get to the last third <laughs> and it's like, oh, here's all of the characters. Literally all these characters who, to be fair, you've read about them here and there. You've got, you started to piece together some of their stories and you've you heard get their to, D&D campaigns. Right. You've heard, you've, well, <laughs> even that, that's like where you get it. I think once you get to Crew Quarters, there's yeah, a place yeah, called yeah. Crew Quarters, I'm not going to get into details, but it's like, oh, like now I get enough access to their private lives where I can go into their bedrooms and see the posters they have on their walls. Yeah. I've already read their emails. <laughs> right, more voyeurism, Patrick. Yes. That's the <laughs> basically that's, right. that's Patrick's personal sign language <laughs> for voyeurism. Um, and, and like that that stuff I think pays off. Also, and then you start actually talking to characters and meeting yeah. characters who have motivations and goals and stuff. Um, I'm very curious to see what you think of that game. I mean, I think you're going to love it all the way through. Yeah. I'm curious what you think of the ending when we get there. We for should sure. talk about it. Hopefully today. I, I am like really trying to beat it today. Based on where you are, I think you're still going to need a big Another dedicated – 10 hours. You're at 22 hours? Yeah. I ended at 30-something. Um, 30, and I played you know, No, I didn't. Slow. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I ended at 26. Okay. So maybe you're, maybe you're fine. All right. Um, Might make it. Yeah, maybe you'll make it. We'll see. I have I to definitely, I have to, I'm sh- – I'm uh, about 13 or 14 hours yeah. into it. Um, and I'm at the point where like uh, there's like an elevator early on that you get around to fixing, which then mm-hmm. allows you a lot more mobility yeah. and – uh, traversing the space and you know tracking down side objectives and suddenly a lot of areas are that are now uh, that were off limits before you have like you know abilities that allow you to kind of yep. get yourself in areas. There's just um, at this point in the game, I'm sure like there'll be a curve around once I've spent more time poking and exploring. Like often when I play games, like I, I have I feel anxious when it's like I can go left or right and I'll go halfway down the left hallway and then I'm mm-hmm. like I gotta go see what's down that right hallway right like I just like I I feel like I might miss something and what's remarkable so far about Prey is that at the point in the game I am where everything's kind of like unlocked itself there are just huge areas that you can just go yep. in and you don't have an objective to go in there and the game doesn't it does do gating but there's at the point that I'm in like the a lot of the the rails feel off and it's like you could just yeah. go explore this area that you probably have an objective in later but you can just go figure out what's happening here now and it like i find it overwhelming in a certain sense because the game is so enormous and yeah. like it's it's big in a way that these types of games aren't normally this big like it it is yeah. dense but it is also huge um in a way that is is unusual actually for 
for games of this type, the, 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 especially for AAA games that um, are you know going for a certain level of detail. And, so, and this game does have that, but it's just enormous. Like the amount of space you have to explore is big in a way that is uh, enjoyable, but also slightly overwhelming because it's like, well. I'm like mentally thinking, okay, I'll come back to this area later, even though I don't have a reason to go there yet, because maybe I'll have a reason later. But then I'm I'm deeply curious about it, annoyed that I might forget about it, and so I'm yeah, I'm just surprised how big the world actually it, is. You can pretty clearly stick to the main path, and it will guide you through every space. And then, right. what I will say is, there are definitely choices that you make, in like very early in the game, that you might not even know you're making in terms of following certain. Paths where the outcome of a quest will be different based on how quickly you get to it. There is a side quest I did that after I did it, uh, it it was it wasn't presented as a moral choice, but I have a feeling it has consequences. But I don't know. Huh. It involves okay. this, this this dumping something into the water. Yep. Okay. I don't know if there will be. I don't know. I like don't know actually. Maybe there will be. It feels like there's a lot of branching in this game that yes. there is not well, by any means in most games of this size. What I what I'll say is there are there are lots of things being tracked for sure. And then there's also a thing that kind of bugged me in my final few hours, which is there are suddenly lots of timers running at once, and sometimes they're mm. not on screen. Um, they are things that are running in the background where characters are moving around the station, which is really a cool feeling because yeah. it makes the fe- it makes the space feeling really alive. Actually, real, yeah. Um, but th- I did things in an order that I think most players don't do them in. Uh, I basically had a, it was like, oh, here's an objective, and then here's a second objective, and here's a third objective. And I was like, well, okay, I can based on where these are, including one thing that could be in a bunch of different places. I was like, I'll do objective three, and then swing back around to objective one, which is the one with the real timer that is visible on the screen. Took care of objective three, and then because I did the, I solved three in the right way or in the certain way, it cleared objective one too, <laughs> and then. I went to where I was supposed to go for objective one, where the screen told me it was going to go to objective one to like get the wrap up of it. And it, I got there and the person who was supposed to be there wasn't there. And there was no audio dialogue about oh. where that person had gone. And there was no clue that I could find in that space. In fact, when I got there, I met a different person who was like, wow, good job, like helping us get to this place. <laughs> and then, and I was like, well, what about blah, blah, blah. I didn't say that, but they were like, oh, that person was not here, I guess. Okay, cool. And I got in the situation where I was like, I'm just going to wait here until I hear anything. And then like nothing, nothing, nothing. And then someone on Twitter was like, oh, try changing zones. And so I went back and forth between a zone three or four times. And then finally it triggered where another character was like, oh, that person popped back up. And I was like, ah, like that – the triggering on that stuff has to be right. Like it has to yes. be right because I'm sure if I had gone right for that person I was looking for, I would have gotten it really quickly. And it would have just gone one, two, three and it would have been fine. But because I did it in the order I did, I got put onto the side path, which I didn't want to roll back my save. I didn't – you know, I, I could have rolled back my save like 30 minutes and just done it a different way and that would have been fine. But I was like, I like the way I did this. The way I did this is true to my character. I solved it with hacking. I'm a hacker. Like that's Hell the character yeah. I've built. Let <laughs> me do that. And so – I, I there are some bugs in this game. Oh yes, um, <laughs> as have been talked about on the internet this week. Yeah, I had a, I had a, there's a um, I'm reluctant to say too much, but there is a sort of uh, one of the more uh, aggressive uh, creatures that you encounter um, that can let's call it stalk you for a certain amount of time yes. uh, based yes. on certain triggers um, and. It is clearly meant to be a moment that is found uh, through the story, but then, like, and this creature is towering. It's a, it's enormous. It's like screen filling, uh, and I it just spawned into one of the areas at one point, 
And the game, and I scanned it, and the game was like, all right, this is that thing that's been stalking you throughout the whole game. And I was like, what are you, oh, I wasn't <laughs> supposed to see this yet. Like, And then <laughs> I kept playing the story, and then the story version happened. It was like, oh, there's something that's stalking you. Like, be careful. And I was like, yeah, I know it was stalking me. You accidentally spotted into one of the other areas before. <laughs> so that's my one other thing that was a real rough takeaway for me is there's a quest that you can do that spoils the end of the game about 10, 15 hours before the end of the game. Yeah, I have like, heard – uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I saw some warnings to this in some reviews. It was like, don't do the side quest January. Don't do it. Just December. don't do December. it. Yeah. Or just December. Yeah. Just don't do it. Just don't like, – like it apparently – yeah, mm. like apparently it ruins – like weirdly can ruin a lot of the game very early yeah. on. And so just ignore it. That I, sucks. It's really weird because well, what was frustrating for me about it – It's one of the first side quests you get. Yeah. yeah, it is. And it's, it's, to be clear, even though you get the quest early, you can still finish it pretty early if you're hustling. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, but you can get to a point very early, like 12 hours in. Like it's not two hours in, but it's like 12 hours in that you could complete it. I was like, oh, I'll save and do this thing. This seems like a sh- this shitty thing to do. And like, I'll do it. Fuck it. I'll see what happens. And I expected it to be a false end. I expected it to be like, ah, and then XYZ. And it did XYZ. <laughs> and then it did like Omega. And oh, I was like, God. oh, fuck. Like that was Omega was one of the things I knew it would be alpha, beta, theta, or Omega at the end. Now you're telling me it was blah, 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 blah. Like, nah. yeah. It was extra bad because it was like, it can confirmed a certain expectation of mine and then so by the time it wrapped back around it already it already been spoiled it already been an expectation about what the ending of that game was gonna be and then like it just i was so deflated at the I, end for that i can see how that could be so aggravating especially because games like this you know once you, when you're in it in the first time you're not necessarily looking for for the artifice of it you know right. the like oh okay i know the walls are made of cardboard yeah, in this yeah. dark ride in disney world or whatever right, yeah but once you kind of know that you, I mean, you go in kind of. It, it's always going to be a magic circle thing. You're always going to go into a game like this, knowing like, yeah, okay, I know there's going to be some triggers that are going to do this. Like, yeah. you go in with like, okay, I'm going to suspend disbelief to a certain degree, but I could see how that could just ruin your ability to suspend disbelief in certain ways yeah. and be like, oh, I know what's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to, I'm going to step here in this. I know. wonder if that's actually been my not my problem with the game. I really enjoyed it. I fe- I finished it. I put 26 hours into a game. That means I liked it at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, like unless I'm dedicated to writing about like Mass Effect, which I did not like. Right. Drama, right? <laughs> right. Um, but I feel, but I knew I'm going to feel some kind of way about it. So I did generally like it. And but I I do think I was very much in the looking for the artifice mode right away. Yeah. Partially because it sets it up. Like we talked about in the first time we talked about this game, it was like, oh, hey, there's going to be lots of artifice. You're not going to know what to trust. The opening is a magic trick. Like it's right. poof, look, here it is. <clears throat> you can't trust anything. And so I was immediately looking at it for that. I was really interested in the design elements of it. 
And so I never got that thing that the shock games have done, done for me, that the best Deus Ex games have done for me, that my favorite moments in Dishonored have done when the artifice falls apart and it's that moment in, in Pirates of the Caribbean in Disneyland where it's like, oh, there's pirates, like, oh, they're singing or whatever yeah, people say yeah. at Pir- on Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> That's what you say. They're singing. They're singing. Look you know, at the pirates. That guy's leg is hairy. Wow. Right. Whatever it is. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, and so I, I never had that. I didn't ever get that suspension of disbelief moment. I never signed that contract with the creators and said, all right, I'm all in on this world and I'm wishing maybe I, I, I yeah I don't know what I would have I don't know what the what the version of this game would have gotten me a little bit more was but I think it would have been one that that won me over into its fictional world earlier maybe introduced characters a little bit sooner or introduced details of the world that that I could puzzle over while I was doing other stuff yeah. instead of very early be like oh ABC and then like feeling confident in ABC of my reading of the world and then not having to use that part of my brain if at all, you know? Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I, I liked it. Yeah, I'll also say I don't think the level design is at the level of Dishonored 2. I, okay. I still feel like Dishonored 2 is like maybe the best level design in this type of game. What's at this the point. can you can you kind of elaborate? It's a, re- it's a really hard thing to uh to, to fully uh to fully lay out, but I will say this. In Dishonored 2, I always felt like Every single option was viable to me. Okay. Like, like it was equally viable. Using this particular power was was as viable as something else. And the game completely respected all of that choice. And there, it felt like there's an intentionality of every every single room. Now, I'm not going to say like down to every object in the room, but really the way every room was arranged mm. that that could do that. This does not feel to that level of intentionality. It, it feels like. Very smartly designed around. Hey, there's there's like three good general options. There's yeah. three good general ways around any given problem, uh, and they're all going to work, but they don't all feel equally valid at all the time. That, okay, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, totally. Like, I know that's a pretty vague I, and broad way of of, of it, saying. It that, also but, feels that way based on what the power design in that game yeah, is, which veers true. towards like I'm going to fucking kill that thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> There are ways around stuff. There is there is yeah. just a tiny little stealth tree. Um, there are abilities to like run fast and leave decoys behind and stuff like that. Like, the but, game is all about like looting and running. Yes. Like so that runs contrary to you know getting rid of everyone, so you have an opportunity to grab yes. all the shit. Yeah, totally. So it's not like Dishonored in that I can use the thing that like lets me hop above people really clearly and like right. it has the girders. So and built in that yeah. way to let that be 100% viable if that's the way you want it. I want the mimic objects power in a different game. I, yeah. I'm not saying because yeah. I don't like Prey. I'm saying because like it's such a – I've had so much fun uh, – Transforming myself into like a little uh, construction sign or a coffee cup, <laughs> and like sneaking my way into rooms that I'm not supposed like yes. because the way the, the the mimic object power works is that you can look at things in your general vicinity and turn into them, but you turn into it where you're standing, and so you have to it has to be line of sight. You can't do it through glass, and so yeah. I've had to do like you know like crazy things like stack boxes and so that I can crouch on the box so that I can yep. see through this one little hole because the glass that's in the security room is clearly unbreakable and so I can't break right. it with my wrench. But so I have to crouch down so I can make line of sight with the coffee cup that's sitting on the desk inside the security office and then turn into the coffee <laughs> cup and then like bounce my way towards uh, the that's opening. Cool. And it's that's so really great. neat. And then of course I get in and look up and it's like, oh, I could have just like jumped on a pipe yeah. and like fallen in. Yep. Which Every, is, almost every time. But Almost every time. But that's not the fun way to do it. Or like, uh, there was another one where it's like 
there are these doors where people have clearly like tried to blockade <laughs> themselves in, and so you have like a tiny like triangle sliver that you can't crouch in, you can't uh, duck in, and often like you have to go find an object like an apple from another room, um, or you can drop objects that you have. And some was one time I had um, it was sort of a construction sign, and it just it didn't quite. It couldn't mm-hmm. quite get through, so I'm just sitting there jumping and just trying to get the right angle to jam <laughs> this thing through. And it was just like really funny and interesting. And part of the, I, I guess, part of my, while I'm uh, both, I enjoy how much space um, this game has. I think part of what you're t- speaking to, Danielle, is that um, Dishonored is a pretty tight level design um, where yeah. they can have intentionality. Um, and and uh, design around um, a lot of different options uh, for the player because it's tighter and Prey gives up some of that. And so I guess yeah. the powers like the mimic object ability, I'm like, gosh, if they put this in a game like a Dishonor or something that was a little tighter so that you they could create more scenarios with intention for the player uh, – it's just a, it's my favorite power in the game, and I just I wish I had more reasons to use it. Um, the fact that I never got to turn into a coffee cup and then like throw myself into a trash chute and like blah, just like roll down a <laughs> chute and then like pop out into a big open area. Ah, I wish that had been in there. But mostly it's a key. Like mostly yes. that ability is a key. I think it, I think the top level of it lets you turn into a turret, which I can imagine being good. Um, but I didn't go all down that. You and you. You play through. You're playing through with no alien. No powers. No alien powers whatsoever. Ooh. Which is I'm going human. All, oh, oh, don't worry. I'll probably play this again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. going like full alien powers, yeah. not even messing with the human stuff. That's how much I'm enjoying this game. It's good. We'll see. The alien powers are interesting. We'll see. But I, you know, I, I got to that choice, and it was like things are gonna think of you as unfriendly. And I was like, I can't have my turret friends thinking I'm I'm unfriendly. It's well, not instant. You think I'm an you just alien? Convince them. You, you hack them. Yeah. I know. Right. That, all that does is make hacking more valuable. Like it's like, oh wow, all those points are now that I put in hacking already. Are now I guess doubly I'm so valuable. invested. Like I, I got no, I at this point, you're in, a human. Yeah, I'm I'm a human, but I'm also like full into the suspension of disbelief. I'm full right. in. Like I am Morgan. You, mm-hmm. I am space lesbian number one. I'm going through this. You like, beat all the other space lesbians. <laughs> you killed them all. No, Was there a I'm I'm the alpha space lesbian. That's wow. All. Okay. Yeah, I'm at the head of the I mean, corporation. That's true. Well, like, you're almost at the head of the corporation. Well, I know. Well, don't. Well, he's not a space lesbian. Yeah, I know. I don't that's think true. that's true. I don't think. I don't know Alex like that. I don't know Alex that that's well, true. to be honest with you. But no, I'm, I'm just like so in it. I yeah. am in it to win it. I am truly enjoying it. And I and I do wonder if there's something about this that it's so novel for me to have to be catered to to this degree as like who I am and the things I like and and my tastes in games and and what I enjoy in media in Mm -hmm. general in the world. It's sci-fi and this sort of stuff. Uh, I wonder if there's some novelty to that that's making me like, oh, fuck yeah, this is amazing. I'm really curious how this game is doing for Bethesda. Sure. This feels a little bit like the review policy that they put in place is backfiring in that this is a game that I think would have had lots of very loud fan or a lot lots of loud uh, advocates. Yeah. Um, if they'd had if this game had come out, if we'd gotten review code for this five days before it came out, and I said, "All right, uh, Danielle, here is the code. Go play it for you know the next day or two, and and have some some day one thoughts about this. Talk, make a post that says." You know, Prey is an immersive sim with the number one space lesbian in it. Hell yeah. Prey is the number one space lesbian. (laughs) Then, like, I wonder if that would have done well for them. And instead, what we got was reviews trickling out over the last week. Some of them, including some some very negative reviews based on some bugs, like some game ending bugs, which is fair to be. It is to just put that word in as as a hundred percent advocate of the game. If if your game breaks, your game breaks, and that sucks. Because there's the the bug in question in that case is. 
there's a bug that just like, oh, that save just doesn't work. The save is just that, broken. That sucks. Which is yeah. really bad. That's not fun. Um, and I feel like maybe if, if people had had the time to actually spend in this thing instead of trying to rush through it, yeah. we would have actually seen a lot more build up around this. Well, um, and their policy works for games that have name recognition, right? So it's yes. like Elder Scrolls yes. works on its own. Doom has a long history. Um, yeah. And Prey has like a tech demo that people were really into f- like four years ago and uh, a, a game that came out at the beginning of the 360 uh, and PS3 lifespan that was right. a sequel to like Prey is like based on a, a, a 3D Realms technology from like the 90s. Like the go look up the legacy of Prey. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's a good wild. Wikipedia read. Um, but yeah. it just doesn't have uh, clout. Arcane does not have clout. Dishonored has clout. Um, right. But Arcane is a studio does not and – uh, Prey, like the demo, like their their counter to this was releasing a demo, and I think they were hoping that the demo was going to generate enough buzz to uh, to to serve as what you would normally get out of uh, reviews and stuff like that. And I don't think the demo produced enough of that buzz. And I think, um, you know, it, we all love games too, and like it it gives me no greater pleasure than to champion a game that I wish more people like. I did this with Nier, right? And Nier didn't have. Um, you know, this review issue, but it's a game that I was banging a drum for because I was thinking to myself, people are going to kick themselves if they don't experience this game. I think, I, you know, I want, I became a champion for that game in a way that I don't feel like compromises like my ethics. Like I'm also someone that loves video games and yeah. uh, that's part, like that's part of what happens. Like what, what publishers can ride is if like people are genuinely interested in the game and want people to be part of that experience. Like that's part of what happens when, you are allowed to talk about a game uh, early um, before it comes out. Uh, uh, you know, even besides servicing the consumer level, you know, side of, uh, um, you know, is this game good and worth my money? Because right, right now on Xbox One, you know, in the preview program, you can get refunds. On Steam, you can get refunds. But on the PlayStation 4 and for people that aren't in the Xbox preview program, you cannot get refunds. And so, like, as long as that all still exists, like, there is a fundamental uh maybe not right is the the term but like it is it is incredibly useful for people to have a sense of just like a thumbs up or yeah. thumbs down if a game is like good or worth not. their and, time and money yeah, totally. yeah. Um, and i think this does a disservice to arcane and the work they did on this game and it's it bums me out um because i don't i don't know if they probably won't talk about the sales but usually when they're not talking about the sales it usually means that, that like there's something. a reason they're yeah. not doing that i don't yeah you know you know, in my mind, what I hope is that, uh, you know, Fallout and Skyrim lift all boats, you know, essentially <laughs> yeah. that, like, Bethesda will be okay with, you know, a bunch of games that don't light the world on fire and that those other games allow – are allowed to exist because Fallout and Elder Scrolls does exist. But I don't know. You know, like – It is a, a week to say that too given yeah. that IO Interactive. Yeah. yeah. And Square Enix's relationship has God. changed dramatically. Uh, Square came out earlier this week and and had a, a statement of record loss, which is like a thing that a company can do, I guess, as a way of saying like, oh, and now we're trying to divest ourselves of this company that we own or this this asset. And so they're trying to sell off IO Interactive, um, which is a bummer because Hitman 2016 is one of my favorite games of 2016, which is shocking since I only started playing it in 2017. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> really fantastic. Like really fantastic game. That 
that's a fucking game where if you could turn into a coffee cup, you could get up to some shit. Let me tell you. Um, Give me a that game was fantastic. Hitman. Give me sci-fi a sci-fi hitman. hitman. Yes. Immersive sim hitman. Immersive sim sci-fi hitman. I think I think hitman is already kind of already is, is immersive sim. Yeah, you're right. But I think right. sci-fi hitman would be Holy incredible. Shit. Oh, also, I feel like I've just unlocked. Like, Maybe I've, IO will get bought by a company that's like, you can keep making these games. You got to call them Sci-Fi Hitman. <laughs> you got to give him a backpack. What's a jetpack? Uh, you got to give him th- ray gun. Do you, do you think if they just you call this Sci-Fi he's Hitman, he's, yeah, that was will Bethesda sue them if they just call it, or will Square sue them if they just call it Sci-Fi oh Hitman? Sci-Fi Hitman, probably. Well, okay. What if we? Just what if? Tell it with two eyes. What if they make? Okay, so I have to admit something, which is during a lot of this prey talk, I may have been watching the the Human Head Studios Prey to E three demo from a few oh, years ago. That demo is oh. a reality game that we all loved. I wanted it so bad. I know it was never. I know that this demo is not a real thing. Like I know that it was an E three demo. Yep. Danielle, have you seen this before? I I have, but okay. like I'm looking at this now, and I'm like, it's a different oh, thing. Boy. It's a different thing. It's a sci fi game it where is. you're an alien. You're you're a human who's an alien bounty hunter. You're in like a cyberpunk space, and you had that cool hat. You had a cool hat, and yeah. you could like climb on things and free run. What if? What if Sci-Fi Hitman is in this world? This. Oh my god! That's all I want is Sci-Fi Hitman. As long as, it- as long as he's a space lesbian, that's all. <laughs> that's I need. all you need. That's all, that's, then it's catering yeah, to me. Agent Agent Forty Seven. Agent Forty Seven. Fine. A, it's Agent Forty Six. Agent Sixty Four. Agent 64. That's fine. Agent 64. 74. You flip it. 74. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. That's perfect. Yeah, 74. Uh, It's, it's, what if, what if Bethesda buys IO and says, all right, we want you to make Prey 2. (laughs) And it's it's this Prey 2. Prey 2. But it's a sequel to their Prey. (sighs) Guys, I really want the sci-fi Hitman game. (laughs) I know. Me too. Speaking of sci-fi versions of other games uh-huh. uh, that are incredibly reduced in in, in when you make that comparison, and you're not really addressing them as what they are. How's the surge going, Patrick? <laughs> Man, the surge, uh, which is uh, to set it up, is a um, I don't who, I don't even know who the developer is. They made Lords of the Fallen, the, which is essentially you know Dark Souls Light uh, that came out a number of years ago, um, and the surge is Deck si- Thirteen. Oh yeah. Uh, nope, that's not right. Is it? What? I think it is. What is it? Deck 13? I think it's Deck, Deck 13. 13. That is right. That is right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, and so the Surge is essentially sci-fi souls um, uh, with, with some twists. Uh, we've, we talked about it a number of weeks back where, Austin, you played uh, a demo that is essentially the first hour of the game. Um, mm-hmm. I played a couple of hours last night that got me beyond that point. Um, and it's it, – so if Lords of the Fallen was like uh, Dark Souls light um, because like it ratcheted the difficulty down and – I, I think we argued in the past that like maybe that's maybe that's uh, doesn't work for folks like us who are really into those kinds of games. And the difficulty is part of the appeal, but that maybe those mechanics paired with a slightly uh, easier game uh, ha- would find a wider audience. The surge throws that out the window. The surge is fucking hard. Like the surge <laughs> is a jackhammer. Um, um, after you get past the first hour, the first boss. Um, this game does not screw around. Like the every base enemy is capable of taking you out um, incredibly quickly. I don't know if this is 100% true, but when I was looking around uh, doing some research on the game, it appears maybe the game only has five bosses. Um, I'll, I'll correct myself on Monday if that is not the case, but um, and I believe that because the 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 pitch this game might be making is that your individual encounters should have a, a weight to them that is. 
you know, if, if it's on a continuum, it, uh, an individual encounter is closer to a boss um, than maybe in the Dark Souls games where um, you have occasional enemies that feel like a mini boss. Um, whereas, like in the Surge, I you mess up and uh, you are just flattened uh, immediately to a degree that again yeah. had me throwing my controller. Uh, last <laughs> night, and that's when I decided maybe I should turn uh, the game off. But it's got interesting quirks. You know, it's uh, we went over this when we first talked to the game. But for folks that are unaware, uh, you know, you're targeting individual body parts, and then you're charging up a meter that allows you to slice them off, and then uh, you can that becomes uh, item drops. And so if you're looking right. for like a better helmet, it's like, well, I'll, maybe I'll respawn in this area a bunch of times and target people's heads um, so I can try and, you know, get uh, a better drop. Um, and it's an interesting uh, sort of twist on uh, how those games have worked in the past. And funnily enough, it recalls that very specific mechanic from Demon's Souls and uh, Dark Souls 1 uh, in which you could target the tails of certain enemies and bosses. Oh, right. You totally um, could. That would get yeah. you certain drops that you couldn't get any other way. Um, and huh. this kind of takes that to a sort of a logical conclusion allowing you to target um, individual spots on an enemy. Like maybe – like for example, I fought a, a robot who if you're fighting it from the front – you can only do like one or two things of damage, and usually my the the uh, the the sword I'm swinging around is doing like sixty or seventy. But that's because the, its weak point is behind it, and so you're waiting for it to mm. launch into an animation so that you can target its weak point um, on the on the other side uh, of the enemy. So I, I'll probably have more to say about it on Monday. I, I, I guess I'm just surprised at how difficult it was, and if maybe one of your apprehensions going into it was, oh, they're I really interested in sci-fi souls, but I don't want the difficulty neutered. Uh, this game is not doing that. This game is willing to uh, punch you in the jaw, um, and I'm I'm curious about it. I don't know if I like it yet, but I think it's interesting, and I want to spend more time with it to kind of get a better idea of what my thoughts are about it. Do they set up the world at all? It's in the I, The story is bad. Like, I, I, it's, oh man, I, uh, it's space western. Of, what's the what's the because like we found a place in the demo where it was like space, space country, honky space honky tonk yeah. playing. Do they set up – is there a reason that Space Honky Talk plays in Maybe. The... Uh, three hours in, it is not any clearer nor is the story okay. anymore uh, grabbing me. But I will say it is uh, – I mean I don't know if this was true in the demo that you play, but like this – you play as someone who is disabled. Like you're in a wheelchair hmm. when the okay, game – Okay. You know, none of that was in the demo that I played. Yeah. So the game opens with you in a wheelchair and uh, – you have signed up to be part of this company and part of the appeal, presumably, for the character. You don't get a lot of internal monologue, at least in the first couple sure. of hours, about what their motivations were. Um, is that you know they get the ability to walk again by uh, mm. uh, signing up with this company? That I mean, it's a brutal sequence that, in which like things are just drilled into them, um, and it's <laughs> you think in the future they've found like a. Kind of like prey. Like, can we not put a needle in your eye? Do we not have to have a drill <laughs> that goes like, to uh, our skull? Um, no. Up the nose. I thought of it the other day. Oh, that's After so I was bad. like, oh, yeah, the eye is a, it's a big hole in the skull. But, like, you got the nose, no, too, man. No, that's so bad. That's so bad. I don't like it. I'm just saying. Uh-uh, it's bad. Brad, Brad's nodding. I'm, cov- you know? yeah. I'm covering my nose. As, I'm uh-uh. just saying. That's a little. Also, the mouth. I mean, yeah, just let me you s- got to go through some stuff. Mm-mm. But at least. I, you're the one who's not taking any fucking alien abilities. I. I, hey, you know, we all make our choices. Maybe I should go through Prey and just have no powers, no upgrades, just straight through. <laughs> I mean, that's a way of playing Dishonored. Yeah. You could do You that, could do it. But... Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, I guess tell us more about The Surge on Monday. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm 
it struck me the, the, the way that game opens with him in a wheel. And you spend, like, a couple of minutes, That's you know, cool. going through a facility. Um, it would just... Maybe they'll just leave it implied, and but the character speaks like they, they you know, it's a, a voiced character, which is different than um, how From Software handles their games, and so I guess it would bum me out if they introduce this like really interesting idea up front. Like it's you don't play many yeah. games in which a character is nope. in a wheelchair, um, and you know, obviously that's only for a couple of minutes before they're jacked up and f- punching fucking robots in the face. <laughs> um, but I, it would be interesting if they find some way to. Like even if like the sci-fi story is not grabbing me yet, the personal story of why this person chose to make this decision could be um, something interesting. Um, I just don't know if that's the case yet. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm going to try to put a couple hours into it. I think this weekend before I disappear, because again, I'm going to be that's at right, Judges Week away. next week, so I'm going to just be gone for next week. No, Austin, I'm, I'm running the, you're the running the boat. Show you're running for the ship. A while next week. Yeah, that'll be that'll be great. You'll oh. be maybe I should make you play, play player unknown battlegrounds with Patrick. <laughs> And I'm sure yeah, that'll hand, go great. Hand it over oh, to someone fantastic. who barely knows what they're doing to another person who barely knows what they're doing. <laughs> yep, that's why well, I cannot wait. You know, we're we're all we're all finding our we're way. We're all learning. We're all exactly, learning. Exactly. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I think that's going to probably do it. I, you know what? Let's go to the question bucket for a do, quick, do a yeah, quickie. do a quick bucket. Quick, yeah. quick, give me a quick bucket. Give me a give me a number and hope it's a short. One. Wait, hold on. What, what was the number we gave? The lesbian to number agent, was seventy four. Yeah, agent right? seventy four. Agent seventy four. Good call. Good call. Okay, let's find this. This comes in. From uh, Brian in Texas. Okay. Um, this is on. Uh, this is a good one. I'm going to say it right now. This is a good one. Dear Austin, Patrick, and Danielle, Yay. already good. Have any of you ever considered to, uh, trying to learn to do a speed run of a game? Slash, have you ever run a speed run? Uh, I know. Uh, I know. Patrick a played a lot of high end Spelunky. High end Spelunky. It's true. Nice. Not not sure for speed. And B wrote an article about and interviewed Ocarina of Time runner Narcissa, uh, Narcissa Wright once, but I don't know if anyone else has done any speedrun-related stuff off the top of my head. I know it's not something that fits naturally into the life of a games journalist similar to a MOBA, <laughs> uh, but, like Giant Bombs, but like Giant Bomb's Brad Shoemaker in Dota 2, it could work out in the end to make for an interesting podcast conversation uh, fodder. Brian from Euless, Texas. I've thought a lot about it. You've been doing a lot personally. of speedrunning research. So I've been doing research, research and a little bit of coverage. I, I interviewed Drac-Q, uh, right. who right. did the who did most the lion's share of work on sort of breaking the hell out of prey in the yeah. first three days. Uh, he's the runner who had like a sub twenty minute right. run. Now the record is down to like eight something, eight minutes something. But he he kind of brought it down from like hours long into like is a, a router. That's what they call the uh, he's runners? a runner because he's okay. doing the running. But he found a lot of the okay. tricks as well with the community. Uh, so gotcha. I've been doing a lot of research. I I sort of considered doing Banjo Kazooie speedruns at oh. one point in my life because that's a game I know actually back and you know backwards right. and forwards. I know a lot of the tricks. I know like. Uh, I, I'm never going to actually be a speedrunner, but sure. like I, the closest I've come is, is something like that, where I'm actually like, oh, you know, I know how to beat that game in like two hours. Right. I, I I'm never going to be like doing record, the, right, like right. going to AGDQ or anything. But I do know, like, there are certain games I know absolutely by heart. I've I've played through them like twelve yeah. times or something. So it's like, I think of all of us, you'd be the sometimes. one. Patrick, how about you? <laughs> Did you ever do Speed Lunky? Uh, no. Were you ever? <laughs> no. But okay. the, I mean, the, the, with the. Uh, uh, was it Brian from Texas? That, um, yep, Brian from Texas. I'll clear as, this out of the email. As thing, he by the way. Uh, alluded to, the closest I've I've come is is Spelunky, probably in which I on both on the Vita version and the PS the PC version, I did get the Speed Lunky achievement, right? Um, which requires you to finish the game. Was it under? 
It's a five short amount of time. It's five minutes, minutes or something. It's one or the other. I'm looking. It's it might be two. Tough. It might be two minutes. Uh, I, oh, it's I eight can't minutes. quite eight minutes. Oh, okay. um, but but that's still you know you're going through still four, like four, four areas, <laughs> four um, four levels each. Although I guess there is a, a skip that you could possibly do if you actually wanted to, but you couldn't do the speed lunky achievement if you were trying to get the ankh and stuff like that. But anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I got the speed uh, lunky, and doing it in eight minutes is like you have no time to think or to. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, it requires you to play. What I appreciated about it, which I'm sure is part of the reason speedrunners enjoy what they do, and is is borne out by the interviews I've done over the years is it forces you to play the game in a different way and so when yeah. I did Speed Lunky I think after I'd already done uh, I'd gotten through hell um, and sort of quote unquote beaten the game um, and Speed Lunky was just another way to to play the game there are like two different ways that the game through achievements um, gives you different ways to approach it one is Speed Lunky and then I forget what the uh, the no gold achievement is called um, but it requires you to get through the entire game without collecting any sort of gold, which is incredibly difficult because there are lots of uh, stray pieces of like gold that are just on the ground in the game, right. and you can easily avoid them in three fourths of the uh, in three of the four areas because there isn't uh, the textures are layered into um, the geometry in a way that everything's spottable but when you go through the jungle the second area there is grass and the grass right. is often what kills a no gold run mm. because um, you there are oftentimes there is just no way to know unless you're jumping and you just have to jump and hope that you're not going to run into the gold or you have to sit there and whip your way through each area and hopefully you can spot the gold as it's uh, spotted there. So anyway, that's the closest I, I ever came. And I, I never did the no gold run because it was too frustrating, but the speed lunky one I, I did do. And I it's it's I don't consider myself to be like, quote unquote, good at video games, but the speed lunky achievement, I actually think was a moment where it's like, oh, not many people have this, like in the grand continuum of people who even play Spelunky and consider themselves okay at Spelunky. And I'm actually proud of that achievement. Yeah. I think for me, the only two games I would consider are games I know really well, like you, um, but also games where I think things would just go bad in good ways. Like, so Invisible Ink, which is oh, a yeah. roguelike tactics kind of stealth game, um, which I love and that I'm all about, like, uh, understanding that game in the way that I think Patrick loved to learn how Spelunky worked. Um, and then Far Cry 2. A couple yeah. of we, a couple of months ago, right now, I guess Nick Brecken from Idle Thumbs talked about the the very limited, tiny Far Cry Two speedrunning history, uh, and I was like, oh fuck, I mm, if I had more time, I mm, that's a game that not enough people are speedrunning, and also the speedrun is like four hours long, sure. which is bad because it's really it's a lot of time, but also it's it's fresh enough, it's it's long enough that like I could feel good about it even if I was a few minutes off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm not a world record pace, right. but, but I still did great. Five hours, four yeah. hours, this is a big-ass game. Yeah. yeah, so that's – if I ever had the time to learn a game, it would be that one probably. I'd be the, the – that would be it. I mean they say pick something also that you love right. and like would actually find new layers of exactly. appreciation for it. I mean that's why speedruns are so interesting to me because it's like, oh, everything about the actual design and construction of these games, like mm-hmm. it, it illustrates those things. Like, yeah. you know, certain 3D platformers, like how collision detection is is done, like how the camera actually totally. detects what's going on. That's fascinating to to level design dorks like me yeah. where I'm just like, oh man, like the actual way the pieces fit together is totally. really, really cool. So I think there's the the not the risk or whatever, but like 
the on the other side of it, the thing that I I there are games that I would never want to learn to speedrun. Oh, yeah. I would never want to speedrun Breath of the Wild because what I like about it is, is its expansiveness and the ways in which it can surprise me. And I don't want to learn enough of ba- about that game to where I'm not being surprised anymore. Yeah, I saw somebody do a thing today where they jumped off of a tower. Swung their axe down midair to do like a smash, and then switched weapons seconds from the ground, or like a split second from the ground, and then just landed. And I was like, oh, like I wish I didn't even know that about the game that there was that <laughs> exploit because yeah, not that I would ever use it, you know, but like I, I like oh, like that's just not like it's cool, it's good, it's the scene, it's seeing the seams thing from Prey again. You want to you know be in the I mean? magic circle yes, with that game. Exactly, you don't want exactly. to be I in want the that, construction booth. Exactly. You know, kind of I want the magic whatever. circle to be <laughs> yeah. as firm and and hard as possible for once, instead of being uh, porous the way it, it almost always yeah. is. So true. That's true. that's going to do it for us this week. I think I'm talking about talking about firm magic circles. Uh, <laughs> if I can say one, please, super quick thing about yeah, it, it is tough for a game journalist to do it, but yeah. there is a game journalist who does some cool speedrunning stuff, and it's Heather Alexander oh, from Kotaku. That's actually who true. actually is doing some cool stuff. So just shout out to her. Shout out to Heather, and then I'll. Go for it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, you can find everything we do at waypointadvice.com. You can find the videos that we do also there. If you click on the videos button, there's a little button in the top left. Click that. Click videos. Or go to youtube.com slash waypointvice. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash waypointvice, twitter.com slash waypoint. You can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Danielle? Danielle R.I. on Twitter. And Patrick Klepek. Find me at Patrick Klepek. Shout out to Tim Barnes, 451 on Twitter, for doing the podcast production. And to Brad with two Ds underscore Bush on Twitter, who's doing the Twitch production. Hey, also was doing the Twitch production during our father and son player underground, Barbara. player unknown battleground What's that good, stream. What's the good? Plunk little- Bat. Plunk Bat. Plunk Bat. Oh, I like That's that. good. Plunk, Plunk Bat. bat. <laughs> uh, make sure you watch those. The first two episodes of that should be up right now on our YouTube and on our Vice Video page. So check those out. Um, and then and then check out the third one, which should go up today or tomorrow. So nice. look for that. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Shoutouts to Bowen for letting us use his song, Miss You, off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. All right. It is the weekend. It is the freaking weekend, baby. <laughs> We're going to have us some fun. Yeah. We'll catch you uh, on the other side. What is it we say to them on Friday? Be good or be good at it. Peace. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.